Let's go into the Word. Book of Luke, chapter 1. And I'm going to take a story uh, this morning. God has spoke to me so differently. Uh, that's only, most time we only hear it at Christmas. But I believe it is so revealing to what the Lord is doing right now. So I want you to go to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And I want to read a few passages of Scripture for you. And then I'm going to start breaking down what God has given me. It says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and you will bring forth the Son, and you shall call His name Jesus. And He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give Him the throne of His father David. And He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of His kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Father, thank you for eyes that see and ears that hear. Holy Spirit, help me to communicate as you have put it in my heart. And I give you praise right now in Jesus' name. I want to speak to you on this topic today or this idea. Be it unto me. Everybody say, be it unto me. Let's set the narrative here, the picture you know real well. There's 400 years of silence between the Old and New Testament. Now you and I need to understand what's happening in that 400 years. It's just not a dark time. It's just not a period of time where nothing is going on. There's much going on in that period of darkness. You know, we're, it wasn't, it's a, no doubt was a time no doubt a lot like this where a lot of craziness was going on in the land. But what made it such a difficult time and a dark time is simply this. There is or was no new revelation of God for 400 years. I want to tell you in the midst of the chaos we can call darkness all the trouble that's going on in the land. We can call the darkness the wars and we could call darkness the craziness of how people get themselves into. But the greatest darkness that men will ever face and will be upon the lives of individuals is when there is no light and no revelation of God anywhere in their life or coming to them. 
400 years. Can you imagine? God had visited his people with signs and wonders and miracles. He sent prophet after prophet to declare their future. The last thing that God spoke in the book of Malachi that God said, I'm going to become a father to my people and I'll turn the hearts of the, of the children to the father and my heart's going to be turned to the sons. And then all of a sudden, it goes quiet. But in no doubt, in that 400 years where there was no vision of God and there's no revelation, the church kept doing what the church did. It would go to the temple, they would sacrifice, they would do just exactly like they normally would do all the years before that. But something was happening in the land. The king of Persia began to make war against the land and rose up. And matter of fact, even came in in different places from what I've read to defile and even to work as hard as to destroy the temple. In that period of time, the culture began to drastically change. Even among the Jews, as even though they were worshiping, they were now falling away. They were getting weary with what was going on and they were moving from their culture and they began to adapt to a culture that had invaded the land in the midst of the darkness the Roman Empire rose up and set its throne and said now we will rule over all of the earth and even to the point would put a demand upon the church that the church would have to honor and would have to come and pay homage to the uh, to the rulers of Rome so in that 400 year period where nothing is going on you need to understand that the land had drastically changed so had the culture much like what is happening here but there was a word from heaven that God had spoke years and years and years before that one day a great light would come back to the earth. A great light would come that God would send a ruler. God would send His very own Son born of a virgin that would come and establish the kingdom of God in the earth again. So 400 years pass. There's a young lady by the name of Mary who's now engaged to a man by the name of Joseph. And Joseph, no doubt, has already come to Mary's folks. We don't find this in the story, but culturally, this is how it played out in those days. That that man would have to go to the family, to the father, and get a permission to marry his daughter. There would be a, there would be a dowry, a bride price would be paid in order to give. Maybe it would involve some coins maybe it would involve a piece of land it could even involve a herd a sheep a donkey or a cow or something would be given so no doubt the price had been paid and Joseph goes off because in those days the engagement the engagement proceeding before the marriage could last a year or longer so he's off building them a house building them a home and she's preparing as any young lady would She's making herself ready to become a bride. And while she is preparing, an angel of the Lord appears by the name of Gabriel. Gabriel's name means man of God. Gabriel was one of the highest ranking angels that we find in the scripture that would be there, a messenger of the Lord. And he comes and he appears to Mary. Now I've got an idea 
according to the story, I don't think that he appeared possibly like what we would think an angel would appear. I believe he possibly showed up more like a man that found her. I don't know what she was doing. Maybe she was at the local, maybe she was at the local wedding, you, you know, dress shop, and she was getting ready to say yes to the dress, and she was looking all around, or maybe she was at, you know, the caterer talking about the cake and everything that was going on, but the messenger Gabriel sent from God came to her and said, God. God has found you and has given you favor. He said to her, let me read it again. He said, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And I got to looking at this story from this aspect. That I believe this story is a complete picture of redemption. Of the totality of the plan of God in just these short few verses. Just like in the beginning when God spoke to heavens and earth. And we find in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 the story of creation. If we didn't have anything else and we only had the first three chapters of the Bible. We have enough to get ourselves into heaven. Because God laid out a plan of redemption. But why did he pick this young girl by the name of of Mary. Mary's name means a couple things. First of all, it comes from the foundational name means beloved. This is my beloved. But then when you look beyond that, her name means this. It means bitter and it means rebellious. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, God, you are bringing the Son of God into the earth through that which you call bitter and that which you call rebellious. But before he ever called it bitter, and because before she was ever called bitter or rebellious, in the eye of the Father, she's called my beloved. Because what is going on here just didn't happen after 400 years of time. I believe before the earth was ever formed, God had already chosen His beloved that He would use to bring the Son of God into the earth. Was it really about Mary, a young girl, or was it about something else? She found favor among all the women. Was it that she was beautiful? Was it that she was this or she was that? Because the Bible gives us no clue of that. But I do believe it gives us one clue. She had the heart of a bride. And Jesus was coming. God was looking for a bride for His Son that would come. And they would come together and they would partner to rule and reign throughout the earth for eternity. He was looking for a bride that had been set before the, before the foundation of the earth. That's why he called her my beloved. And he said, you've been highly favored of the Lord. Now when we start talking about being favored, this is how we think. Oh, you know, I'm going to go to lunch in a moment. And I got there and I got my meal. And when I got ready to pay, they told me I didn't have to. Somebody else paid the bill for me. Well, I would jump up and say, I'm blessed. Or some of us out of our religiosity say, man, I got favor on me. Or if I get in line, I've been waiting in line. And all of a sudden, everybody cleared out and gave a path to me. I could say, man, I've got favor on me. 
But that's not the favor that God was speaking up here. Because when God looked at her and the heavens declared to her, heaven is declaring the will and the plan of God. Here's, let, me, let me back up just a moment before I go there. Heaven has come to declare that the kingdom of God is going to come and fill the earth and salvation is going to be to all men and God is bringing it into the earth in this moment of time. It is the will of God. He said you will call His name Jesus one, one, one of the Gospels says this, You will call His name Jesus, for He will save His people from their sin. What is He doing? God is restoring hope and light and life back to 400 years where there's been nothing but darkness and silence. God is now filling the earth back with light. He's filling the earth back with hope. He's telling you that you can be restored and redeemed and be the person that God always intended you to be. So he's bringing it through his beloved who is in a state of rebellion and bitterness. But God's going to transform that himself. So when God says that she was favored, this is what he meant. You have found been highly favored of the Lord. God has bent down to her to offer her gifts and resources. Have you ever heard that before? No, I'm not asking if you heard my definition. But that's not the first time that's been spoken. That was spoke actually by Moses to the people of God back in the book of Numbers chapter 6 and verse 24 through the, through the whole year of 20, what was it, 2020. This became the theme song of the church all over the world. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord May, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and, and, and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up His countenance and give you peace. See, we sang that for a year. That was our theme song. That brought hope. That brought peace in the midst of fear. Come on, y'all remember it. We haven't seen it in a while. But it, it was a transforming song for the year of 2021 or 22, whatever it was, we were in there. But when you look at it in reality, I, I had to take this from Charlie because he taught us this digging into the Hebrew. This is what God was saying. He comes before us and God bows down before His people. Can you imagine this? And He extends His arms out to us and He said, I'm going to lavish you. I'm offering you my gifts. I'm offering you my goodness. May the Lord bow before you and give you peace as you receive from Him. See, nothing new is happening under the sun. Redemption was being played out in the Old Testament. And now redemption is being played out in the new. So when God shows up, He's not just speaking to a young lady by the name of Mary. He is speaking to that which is called the church. His beloved. And God is bending low to His church once again. And He's saying, I'm offering you my gifts and my goodness. My favor is upon you. The Bible said that she's a virgin. 
Is this making sense to anybody? She's a virgin. I thought, well, wait a minute, God. As God, the angel said, I, I, how is this going to be since I know no man? God called her. The Bible calls her a virgin, but yet her name says she's bitter and rebellious. Because here's the deal. God was speaking to her what would happen through His redemptive work. That even though we have become bitter and we have become sinful, when God works through us and God redeems us and God forgives us, listen church, it is as though we have never, ever, ever in any way sinned in our whole life. You are pure once again as a new virgin is. And the reason you need to know that because the number one thing that keeps you from fulfilling everything that God has for you or God wants to give you is the reminder of where you failed. And I want you to know today that your failure didn't come from God. Nor did the reminder come from God. God said, I don't know what you're talking about. But we've got an ear tuned to the enemy that keeps saying, do you remember back there? Do you remember this year? Do you remember that year? But God says, I don't know what you're talking about. I see you as my beloved, a pure virgin before me that's been washed by my blood. See, Christ died before the foundation of the world. Not at Calvary. Come on, He did die there, but don't miss the story. It's, it's all being played out. Redemptive story a virgin will conceive and bring forth a son well pastor you mean we're going to bring forth kids no it's the church that produces the sons it's through the church that's empowered by God that's overshadowed by God that the sons and daughters of the of the Lord can now come forth and and because of the church and what God does in us God literally dwells in the earth it's Emmanuel among us God is with us so everywhere we are everywhere we go God is hello this precious bride that was so beautiful before the Lord. This young lady. See, I don't believe he could have picked out any lady as far as that goes. He could have picked out. He could have. Why didn't he just do it with Elizabeth? Why didn't he just do it with. What's her name? Uh, Simeon. And who was the other prophetess that was in the. Uh, hand, who? Anna. Why didn't he just use one? I mean, after all, they had begged to have children. Why couldn't he? He could have done anybody, but he was waiting for something to make a point, to make a picture, to show it wasn't just because she was a young, beautiful, attractive, 14, 15, 16 year old girl. I believe he was making a point. This is my bride that I have been waiting upon that has come up that will fulfill my will in the earth. Hello? See, many of us have believed in the lie of religion that everything that God's going to do is after we're all gone. But I got an idea. God's going to use us more in part of what He's going to do in the earth. And I know there's things that I don't even know about. And, and I won't challenge anybody on it because I'm not a student of eschatology like some of you are. But I believe there's a lot to be done. And I know that through His church, God said, 
that he's going to reveal to the principalities and the powers of darkness his manifold wisdom according to Ephesians chapter 3. But how's he going to do it? Paul gave us a clue. You know, we read in the book of Ephesians to the church. We'll go there and we'll talk about husbands and wives. He says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And he gave himself for it. Go to the next verse. That he might sanctify it, set it apart, make it holy, and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word of God. So see, it teaches good, it preaches good, but if you'll read on, and you don't have to go there, Miss Joe, God said, I'm actually talking about me and my church. Because the only one that can present my church holy and right is me. And He said, I'll cleanse you. He said, I'll perfect you. He said, I'll set you apart. I'm the one that will make you holy. And I'll do it with the washing of water of my word. Kind of like a baptism. As we get in, that's why you ought to hunger for the Word of God. Listen, that's why you need to hunger more for the Word than you've ever hungered for it before. Hello? Not just to be, you need to know the Word of God. See, the reason the enemy's got our ear is because we don't got the Word. Hello? I carry it, but it's not in me. I've got it on my table, but I'm not using it. Come on, somebody. We got to give. Pastor, teach us. Preachers, teach us. Teachers, teach us. I want to know what the Word said. Because He said, what happens? I'm washed and I'm being set apart. I'm being sanctified through the washing of the water of the Word of God that only comes from Him. That. Oh, I got to get to the next verse of that. Listen to the next verse. Go on, Job 27. That He might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle but that she, she that she should be holy and without blemish see the only one that can remove the spots anyway is going to be the lord and if you could have done got rid of them you would have and if you would get rid of all the wrinkles hello you know, that's really, a, I, I got to think, God, what are you talking about? How does a Hebrew see spots and wrinkles? See, I had a spot here. It's gotten dirty. Something got on me. It might have been the meal I was setting at. Evidently it was because it, it stuck to it. I wish it was chicken leg or something. but Because right now I'm hungry. So the spot is there. But the wrinkle. He's not talking about the wrinkles in our garments. He's talking more like the wrinkles that would be upon that, that wrinkle us because of the press and the pressure and the stuff that we get to. But God said, so that my church is without spot or wrinkle because I know how to come in and deal with that which you can't. And I know how to smooth out the rough places and I know how to renew your youth like the eagles and what sin has done to you. I know how to turn it around that day you'll look in the mirror and catch not believe it's you. So he said, he sent the angel. He said, come. She's a spouse to one by the name of Joseph. And God dealt with him. Joseph's name simply means this. The increase of God. So she's in spouse. To, and, and he says to the increase of God, don't you get rid of her. I'm going to do something in her. And I need her. But you're still going to be connected to her. 
So there were five things that I'm going to land the jet right here and we're going to pray. Five things that God asked of Mary at that moment. Number five, number one is simply this. Mary, when the angel showed up, put yourself in Mary's shoes for a minute. The angel shows up, you're found, you're highly favored of God. She's no doubt like, like us. Remember, she's bitter, she's rebellious, and no doubt she's, but, but I'm so young, I'm so this, I'm, I'm so that. And then the angel went on to tell her, you found favor with God and, and, and you're going to conceive. Can you imagine this? You're not even been close to the man you're engaged to and now you're going to conceive and bring forth a son? The Bible says she's troubled by this stuff. I would be. But the angel said, Mary, Mary don't be afraid. Don't let this moment trouble you. Pay attention to what's happening, Mary. Don't be afraid, Mary. I don't think the fear that he was talking about was fearing her as, a, as an angel or some kind of supernatural being. I think he was picking up on the... Don't be troubled by this salutation. Don't be troubled by this message that's coming to you. I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't, I've never been with a man. And she's troubled... And God's asking her some questions. First question is this. Give me your present dream. Give me your present dream. Remember, she's bitter. She's rebellious. This is her dream. I'm going to marry this handsome dude. And we're go he's going to come and get me. And we're going to ride off into the sunset. And this is how I'm going to live my life. And I've got this dream. And I'm going to do this. And I've got plans for this. But God came and said, Mary, there's something far greater that I want to do with you. But in order to get there, I need you to do something. Will you give me that dream so that I can bring something greater through your life? You know, every one of us in this room have a dream. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not an evil thing. But I believe in this hour, God is asking something of His church. I believe, will you, will you give me your dream? He's talking about a new era, a new time. And it's so easy for me. This is how I see myself. I'm going to stand before literally thousands and present the gospel. God, I've got a word in me that's got to go. I need a Learjet. I've been looking at them online. I need this. Not really. I've been looking at this. And, I, and God, I see myself here. I'm waiting on Benny to call me up and say he wants me to partner with him. On platform, give me the afternoon service. And if he can't do it, I'll do his night service. Oh, come on, don't tell me none of you ever dream like that. But see, that's how we are. I got this gift in me and I don't know what to do with it. And I got this dream and God says, can you give it to me? Because I want to do something bigger with it than what you're doing. Let me have it. Give me that. But, but what if it plays out differently? Evidently it is in this moment. Because you're not going to sleep with that guy first. You will. He'll be the first one that you have physical intercourse with. But the first one that you have real intercourse with that's going to transform you is going to be God Himself. But you got to give me yourself. Can you give yourself to me? Your dream. Here's the second. I believe the second question that He was asking of her. You see, it wasn't just requiring a dream. If you're going to do that, it's going to require something else. 
Can you give me completely your life? You see, we live in this time because of culture. Remember that 400 years has transformed the culture. And they're living half in and half out. Some not in at all. And some way out. But I believe God is saying, I want you back again. I want you for me. Can you totally give me yourself everything that you've planned, everything that you are, that you will live for me in this moment of time? See, we don't even know what truth is anymore. We've got truth, and we're living on bits of truth. And I'm living on that which satisfies me a little bit. But, but, but pastor, isn't he? Yeah, but there is a following here. He wasn't forcing Mary. You have to understand something. Everything could have been thwarted at that moment. Mary had to be in the game as well. Or that God would be a rapist. The one thing that God will not violate in your life is your will. He may touch everything else, but He will not touch your free will. God values freedom so much that He'll let you make your own choices of life, no matter where it leads you, if you want it. Hello? So she had to make it, will you give me your life? Will you completely dedicate, sell out to me? You know what the sad news is? Most of us think we are. And we're deceived by ourselves. Because our actions declare it. We've become hearers of the word, but not doers. And see, I've set my own truth. That's what culture has done. We've set our own truth by what we feel instead of by what God said. And therefore, I think because I'm doing this and it matches my truth, everything must be in alignment. If everything was by God alone, then why even have a word? If everything was by God alone, then why even be here? If everything was by God alone, why even have a preacher? Because God doesn't need me. God can get it done. But he said, are you ready to give me yourself? Here's the third question that I believe he asked Mary. Will you carry the Savior of the world? And wait a minute, it's Christ in us. The hope of glory. I got Jesus on the inside of me. She wasn't just given a baby for her to carry a baby. She was given the answer to the world. It was on the inside of her that she was going to develop, that she was going to nurture. She gave her womb to the Lord so that this baby could grow. But it wasn't just a baby that she's going to pack in her arms and, and go to the park with the other mothers of the day. And, and we're going to swing and we're going to that. It wasn't just a cute Joey or a cute Jesus. Or, it was the Savior of the world. Think about this this moment. Everything that God wants to do in and through us, I believe has always been, but even more so in this time, is for redemptive work to somebody else's life. He's saying, will you carry him? Will you take him everywhere you go? Here's the, here's the fourth question. I believe he asked her, will you help fulfill my promise? 
See, that's what was happening with Mary. She was now a partner with with God to fulfill all righteousness. You remember when Jesus went to be baptized of John? John wanted to get out of the water. I'm not worthy of this. And Jesus looked at him and said, wait a minute. I've got to be in there with you so that we can fulfill all righteousness. You know how God has chosen to do the earth? God has chosen to partner through with His church and that through His church, salvation could come to all men. And if it wasn't that way, why don't He just fill the earth with angels and get them done? Because I think they could do a better job. Because I believe if an angel showed up this morning, most of us would, and we literally, he manifested in front of us, and we saw them not as we think they are, but how they really are, most of us would probably be under the chairs or exiting the room. And they can speak, and God is using angels. And I believe we're going to see more angelic activity. But the angels weren't sent to do our job. They are sent to assist us in our job. Matter of fact, in your prayers, you need to be calling upon the angels. Angels, come and help us. Come and help us. Come help us get done what we've got to do. I believe they're in the room this morning. I really believe that with all my heart. But he didn't use an angel. He's using a church. And he's saying to the church, will you help me fulfill my promise that I started before the world was ever formed. And that that's all men can be restored and redeemed to me. All I need is somebody that will carry me. All I need is somebody that will shine with me. All I need is somebody to tell them who they really are. This is too big to get into right now. But it's not to tell them how sinful they are. I want to say it again. It is not to tell them how wicked they are. It's to tell them who they really are. When my son Chad went off to school. And he left our home. I don't know what they're doing when he's gone. He's going to a so-called Christian college. That don't mean squat. Moms and dads, don't be fooled. I remember when we took uh, Stacy there to Lee University to look at it. And we walked all over that Church of God campground. Pentecostal. Man, you felt the fire the moment you pulled in the lot. We're walking around looking at that campus and I never will forget the words of the person that was leading us around the campus that said this. Remember, these kids are still in their Adam nature. So you may think that you've put them in a good place and that they can't do. I got news for you. They're still there. And that Adamic nature and that fall of man is still working against him. But I would tell Chad this. If I told him once, I told him a number of times. Son, don't forget who you are. I was with somebody just yesterday. Minister, his fam- one of his family members has gone just off into the world. She grew up in the church, grew up filled with the Holy Ghost, knowing all of it, but man, she's way out there. And he was talking to me about her, how far she's gotten, and they're really concerned. 
And I looked at him as we sat together for a few moments. And I said, hey dude, let me tell you how to pray for him. There's a foundation in them. And there's a word, there's a seed that was planted in them. This is good for every mom and dad has got a kid wayward. If they've been in church, you start calling the life of God that's been planted in them because it doesn't leave them. They may get off, they may go way as far away and you think they are too far out to get back. But I want to tell you, it don't take but one moment with God. And may I tell you, it doesn't take them years to get back. They just step back in it as though they never left it. Come on. That's the goodness and the grace of God. But church tells them how bad they are. You're wicked. You're... We'll never win anybody telling them how vile they are. But we tell them how good God is. And tell them how wonderful and how much God loves them. That's the songs we were singing this morning. You can come back, Miss Janet. That's what we were singing about the goodness of the Lord this morning. He said, will you help me? Will you help me fulfill? Here's the last one. Will you take a step of faith? Because see, everything that God does, He does it by faith. You and I simply believing God and His plan. Believing that God is big enough, able enough, capable enough to do it. I believe God is looking for somebody this morning. I believe God's wanting some fresh, release some fresh mantles this morning upon His people that will say, God, I'm, I'm, but Pastor, I've done it a million times. It doesn't matter. That was a million times. But have we really truly dedicated ourselves and committed ourselves to the purpose and the task that God is calling us to at hand? And He's asking us this morning, you found favor. I'm bending down towards you. I'm offering you my gifts because I want to birth. So how's this going to be? How can I? I can't do this in myself. He knew that. She said, how is this going to happen? Seeing I know, I don't have a man. Man can't do this. He said, the power of the highest, Holy Spirit, is going to overshadow you. And that which is conceived of Him is going to be of the most heavenly and of the most holy of all. The Son of God. And he said, I'm giving you the privilege to carry this gift to the world and release it. All he's asking us to do is trust him. Take a step of faith and believe. It's not about my works. It's not about my ability. It's mine. Okay, Father. I trust you. You can trust him. We sang a song earlier that said something I thought it said. His ways are perfect. Or wasn't that some of the lines of that song? His ways are absolutely 